Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. We are season four, episode four of the Kevin and Philip Project. Welcome back. Big week this week, K State OU. We could have put this podcast off a few days, but uh, we decided that uh, a pre OU K State's good because I think twice now since we've started this podcast, that's been a bad week the week after for me, right? <laughs> you have uh, had a rant here or yeah. here and there. I might get into one today after the game last week. We'll see how uh, yeah. how it goes. But uh, but it's always been a good ball game and, uh, and a challenge, I guess, both ways. Um, even whenever it's at Norman, uh, you know, what Stoops' era and um, – now the last you did you did beat Lincoln Riley down there, but Stoops is there. He hardly ever lost a home game, but he lost to K State, and uh, used to always frustrate. When you live here and you love them, uh, that's a frustrating loss. I hate losing to Texas, but I hate losing to K State too. So I understand. <laughs> I'm dealing with KU right now, so we'll get into that a little bit too. So, well, let's start off this episode with last night. So your beautiful daughter Gentry is up for uh, homecoming queen at Salina Central this yes, weekend. So they had uh, the big uh, parade and and pep rally yesterday. So is that what you called it? Well, it wasn't. There was you know, no I, pep I had, in the pep I had rally. Asked, I had asked the night before for it to not be so hot. It's a hundred degrees on Wednesday night or on Tuesday night, and last night it came in wind blowing and it's pretty chilly. But yes, the the. The candidates for Queen Gentry is one of the five, of course, my daughter and and then four other beautiful little girls. Um, and uh, so they had the parade and and uh, afterwards a pep rally. <laughs> a rally. Of sorts. <laughs> and it was, uh, le- yeah, I didn't knock the kids, but yeah. it does not have that huge outgoing. No. Uh, literally the one thing that kind of makes me go, oh my goodness, somebody missed the ball. We didn't even talk about the football game or have the football players no, come on the not field. Not at all. Not and at it all. was the homecoming football game. Did the band even play? The band never. Played. Yeah, I don't no. remember the band. No, the, I remember the, them sitting there with their instruments. They never played. They, they played as they came down the street, of course, right, in the parade. In the parade. But, right. But uh, for a homecoming pep rally, you would think that you would mention the football team. You would think never got mentioned. Nope. And uh, you know the senior boys did go out, but a lot of the senior boys that went out and danced don't even play football, so that really wasn't a right a football thing um so it was a i don't know i'm knocking anybody i don't know who's in charge of those kind of things but, I'll but knock it was somebody. not it's, it, it's just i it was a football homecoming and the football team never got mentioned i i <laughs> hadn't been to a quote-unquote high school pep rally in years until last year when morgan was a freshman yeah we went to south's homecoming and went to the pep rally so they they do the same thing parades the exact same route yeah Go to the stadium, pep rally afterwards. I thought South's was not real peppy last year, but Central took not being peppy at a pep rally to a whole new level last night. Um, <laughs> the band should have played a whole lot yeah, more. The it was it was football interesting. team should have been on the field. Uh, 
Um, I mean, I was glad to see the homecoming candidates, of course, and the vets dance and the cheerleaders dance, but the the band did nothing and the football team did nothing. I, I you know, the pep rise when I was in high school, I went to, I've even went to some high school football pep. The coach got out and gave a speech. Yeah. You know, a nope. whole speech about, hey, here's a big game this weekend, yep. all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that's how everybody else does it. That's just what not I'm used this to. town. Just yep. not this town. Yep. So then we decided, probably against better judgment, we had a pretty good sized group. We were going to go out and grab something to eat, maybe grab a beer or two. Um, there are only certain locations in town that could accommodate a party that was the size of ours. Ended up probably 15, between 15 and 20, maybe. Yeah, with the kids. People probably, with the kids. Yeah. And uh, I feel like I'm always the one that's bagging on this place. So I'm going to let you roll. Okay. <laughs> and I hate to bag. I'm not going to say I've been a bag on him because the, the truth is, after we got going, I, th- I think it was a shock to, the, to all of them that such a big group was coming in. New employees, new everything. And so we sat for quite a while. Would you say. 10, 10 to 15, to 15 minutes, minutes probably before somebody came before over to anybody, uh, And finally someone came over and said, hey, I've only been doing this for three days. And I think that our size of a group certainly overwhelmed her. Well, but You skipped the but first part. But there are part. managers, yeah. though. Because before she came over and told us that she was day three, we could immediately tell we were going to have an issue. Yes. And so I believe it was your wife or you, I don't remember what you made a comment to the manager that she might need some help over here. And what did that manager do? He went to the back and hid. Put his head down and walked away. <laughs> so, you know, I... This is a Buffalo Wild Wings, by the way. You didn't mention that, but we've had I this conversation I hate it, too, before. because the, the the girl that ended up waiting on us did a good job. She, she did. kept up. She for, did yep, for, you know, day for, three, for day she three, right. she did a really yep. good job, I thought. And the food got out relatively quickly. But, but I can just tell you... A Buffalo Wild Wings, any other town, most other towns, could have four groups that size walk in, no problem. Right. We had one group come yeah. in that size, yeah. Keep in and mind, it was a there shocker. Was, outside of our group, there was maybe 10 people in the restaurant. Right, not very many people. And there were two other tables that got seated shortly after us that ended up walking out and not even getting a drink or a meal. They just left. Yeah. Yeah, so, they just two two tables just uh I, I think set for the ten minutes and just said done. The other thing that was really interesting last night was um as we got in line for the parade and we're waiting for the parade to come down Crawford Street there, you uh decided you were gonna go get a, a Dr. Pepper over at Little Caesars. Yeah. Decided it was hey, let's grab a pizza. We got some kids sitting over here, we'll <laughs> grab a pizza and uh We'll uh, let let the kids have a little slice of pizza while we're waiting. And you did get a cheese pizza. You were able to bring it over. Um, However, I did say, what is ready? What is ready that I can take now? And they said, cheese pizza only. I said, well, how long for a pepperoni or meat? And they said, "Uh, at least 30 minutes. This is 630, 640. So prime dinner time. I thought to myself. I think they didn't know a parade was coming. That's the only thing that I can run through my head. They're right across the street from the high school. But they have to know next week. If, if anybody down there is listening for yeah. next week, next week there's another parade. 
you could sell many pizzas yes. for people sitting out there in the parade. I, I talked um, to multiple Because we would have bought – I think there's several people that was saying they would have went and bought, but what what did they tell you? They, the they, ones? I talked to several people who went in to get a pizza, and they said it was it started at 30 minutes, and then within five to ten minutes after that, it was an hour wait for a pizza. Yeah. For a, a, a place that has hot and ready pizzas, guaranteed, ready to go when you walk in during – you know, normal meal hours, which I would say six thirty yeah. on a Wednesday evening, is probably one of those times. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, if anybody from Little Caesars is listening, next week there's another parade. There's going to be people sitting in your parking lot. They're going to come in and ask for pizza. You might might be ready for that. So, yeah. The I think they could have sold quite a few because there were several people when I got my box. There were several other people that said, "Hey, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I was wanting one, but couldn't get one. You know, yep. whatever." So. All right. Anyway, but we had talked about, now we're here on these, still on the kids. We had talked about, we would uh, talk a little this week on some of the high school sports in town yep. and what's going on. And, and you know, to stay caught up in this day, you don't have this line of journal, really. If you don't go live and watch the game, um, which I don't go live and watch tennis. I don't go live and watch track. I don't go live and, you know, all, the, all those things that are the uh, fall sports. I thought, well, I can go to the Salina Central website and uh, kind of catch myself up on what's going on. You cannot. <laughs> you pull it up yourselves tonight. I'm no. I will. I'm not going to say. I just don't know who's in charge of it. Who? Sh- but evidently, no one is in charge of it. The roster for yeah. the football team says every position, every number has got one name: Parker Cavanaugh. Who graduated last year? He's at K State now. Yeah, Yeah. he graduated last year as a sophomore. So this means they must not have updated it last year either. The entire football roster. I go to the, I go to the tennis um, section of it. Nothing's updated. It has last year's team. None of the if there's new freshmen, but the seniors are gone. I go to the vets. The vets are congratulating last year's team. No new update for anything of that. So. I don't know what class could do this. I mean, it seems like it could be a cool class project of, hey, let's update all the fall sports. Let's uh, – I mean, we're not like the first week of school at this point. Right. You should, so There's not a schedule that I can, you know, that you can easily find now. Now, the thing is there is a Facebook page out there. There is. For just the football. Yep. Um, there's a Facebook page for just the vets. Um but honestly, if you're just a grandparent that out, you no longer get the Salina Journal anymore, or just me, because I like to go on there and see what the stats were for the week before. The only way I could find anything on stat-wise, which I, I saw Gunnar Gross play last week, he played really well. He had played well the week before, played pretty well against South, and I just wanted to see his numbers. Well, you can't find them, except for I'm a member of Max Preps. Right. And so I can go to Max Preps and get you know the, yep. the numbers in the rundown. But somebody had to give Matt Correct. that number, so why couldn't it go right into the school that's, website? Yeah, it's a wonderful question. What's interesting about this topic is that Phil mentioned, let's talk some high school sports. We didn't really talk specific topics on what to get into as far as high school sports goes. But in my notes, I was in the same boat as he was as I was looking at websites they don't it, it was a comment of mine as well that that I w- I looked at Central Souths is is a little better kept up than Central's is I like the um, fact that South has those game record school right. know, things like that that are yep. 
uh, you I couldn't find that. Correct. Maybe maybe it's hid somewhere, but I couldn't find yep. that on the central website. The non roster blows yeah. me away. No, it does, and 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 I've noticed it in the past. Um, but uh, yeah, I went to Central's website looking for a couple of things to prepare for this conversation, and that was the first thing I noticed. So first thing I did was I went to the football roster. Yep. And it literally has zero through a hundred or ninety nine, all the numbers, and has Parker Cavanaugh listed as every one of them. So every player. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, that was funny that you brought that up because that was in my notes too. And and to your point, I mean, I think there's a couple things. I think that somebody within the school could be doing some some more social media stuff. Although I will say both schools have gotten, in my opinion, have gotten better with the social media, Twitter. Facebook, keeping well, people right, updated they're on, the on Facebook dates, what's going on this week from a sports standpoint. But on the on the website, I would think that there's got to be a class to learn how to program websites, and that would be a great job for somebody for people in that class. Yeah, let to a keep student those have it. A so, student could download a roster. I mean, I used to I used to do websites. I mean, back in old original HTML days. It doesn't take that long, I promise you. It takes a few minutes. And to your point, the information's there. If Max Preps is getting it, right. they're not at every game. So somebody is giving them the stats and everything to put on their website. Well, I so went to, I went to other own. websites. Like I, went, I mean, I went to other schools around the state, and I went to other schools, other places. I went to Ada High Schools. Every, two, every week at the Ada, Ada, there's someone interviewed in multiple sports. They have the sp- softball team that plays in the – in the uh, fall as well in the football, but there's kids interviewing kids and there's articles on the, on the website and also on the side of the website, businesses in town are advertisers of right. the whole thing. So you could still raise money. If so, if you Make need a to, little bit of money, if, yeah. you, if you need to pay somebody to do a little bit of this guarantee you, but nobody's going to go there if there's no information. Correct. So, well, and that's, and I'll, I'll use girls golf example. Cause I, and I did get confirmation of this, but I had heard, that there was only one girl playing varsity golf at Salina Central. Huh. Was not sure of that, but that's what I had heard. And so I went to the Salina Central golf website, girls golf website, fall sport, to see if that was true or not before this podcast. Yep. When I got there, the main page has not been updated since 2016 for girls <laughs> golf. Um, if you go to the roster page in 2017, they did put a new roster in, but that hasn't been updated since 2017. And the schedule page still has the 2016 golf schedule for that season. So I, I was actually it's almost like just take the site down. Right. If you're not going to do Correct. it. That's where I was going with that. So I did confirm yeah. from the gal's mom last night at the homecoming parade <clears throat> that there is, in fact, only one varsity golfer is Salina Central this huh. year for girls golf, and there's two JV golfers. And How many do you golf think team. would play at South? I know this that is girls team. You're yeah, I about? know that they have enough to field a team. I know they have five or six girls at least. So. It's almost like you should do one of those co-op things and let them play over at the they other. They used to when yeah. when they first started golf because I believe Kelly's sister was part of that uh, when they first started girls golf and it was a South and central combined yeah, team. It might be a bad idea even to this day. Well, it, going to the kids though, like I said, talking about a minute ago, I, I've watched in person a couple of games and I'll tell you something. If you haven't watched him play or whatever, that, that gross boy, Gunner gross can actually fling the base, the football around pretty good. I mean, he throws a great spiral. 
Good, got a nice arm, throws the ball pretty good, hits spots, leads guys, got a couple of three good wide receivers, and they're funner to watch than they've been in a couple of years to me because they just, for some reason, just have struggled. You, and everybody knows that. They've yeah. struggled, and they have they look pretty good. He pat, He's, uh, you know, game one against South, he, he, he only threw for 123 yards in the first game, but uh, rushed for 64, and the McMillan kid – Kenyon McMillan, he rushes for 164 yards. And every game, he's been over 100 every day. And he's he's a pretty good little athlete because he's a he uh, runs the ball and catches the ball and usually leading pretty close to leading in both categories, you know. But then the other night, whenever I saw him play Emporia, um, Gross goes 15 for 21 with 288 yards, rushes for 50 yards. Kenyon rushes for 107 and multiple guys had four to five catches for, you know, in the 90-yard, 60-yard, Des Gibson and Talon Gary. Um, and there's there's some that I'll miss. Hunter Mowry's a good one, and they've got a younger one that's um, the Ryan kid that's good wide receivers. But, I mean, they actually do a good job catching the football too because, I mean, he, he led them and hit them in some tight spots, and uh, they caught the football, yep. which is something that they've been missing over there for a couple of years. It's, and all those names that you mentioned, most of those are not seniors, so they have a pretty No, they're team. young. Yeah. Gunner's just a junior. Um, um, uh, Talon Gary's a senior, I think. But I think Des, Des Gibson's younger. Hunter Mowry's younger. The Ryan kid's probably a sophomore. Yep. Um, and they've got some big freshmen coming right behind them. They're going to be – um, they could be decent. They're pretty good. I mean, I, I can't judge what league they're in because I've never seen this league before. Uh, but they're they're better than what it's been for a few years. Yep. is just what I'm gonna say. And and they they uh, I've been impressed with them. I'm kind of uh, glad to see that uh, the girls something got something to cheer for. And they put up points, you know. Yep. And that's another thing. And it makes it more exciting I don't know. when you go. And and I haven't seen South play at all, so I don't know where they're at and what they've got going on. I know they're I, they're supposed to be down, so it's not going to be a great year, I would it's assume. And they're playing a in a very tough league. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. I haven't actually watched them play either. Um, we had a golf tournament the, the evening of the South Central game, so I wasn't able to uh, to go to that game. And then uh, I'll just be a. I wasn't going to waste my time going to the game against Derby the next week because right. I pretty much knew what was going to happen there. Um, Unless and then you last wanted week, to come and watch your K State decommit. Yeah. <laughs> and then last week they were out of town, so uh, I haven't yeah. haven't had a chance to watch them yet. Tough tough situation for them though. They lost their starting quarterback uh, right before the season started. So anytime that happens, especially in high school, that's uh, that's going to be a tough deal. But yeah, to your point, I mean that when you look at the schedule. Um, and just look down the schedule to see the the mazes and the derbies and yep. Hutchinson. I mean, it's just they got their hands a, full. Yep, it's going to be a rough season. So, but on the flip side of that, and this is going to please one of our uh, loyal listeners because she always asks us about mentioning Southeast of Celine. Um, oh yeah, undefeated. Yeah, three and O football team. Um, I think uh, Ellsworth is three and O. So I think I don't know how good they are. I don't know if their schedule's been easy, but. That sounds like uh, might be about the only competition that the Southeast has until they get to, to the playoff play stuff at the end. Do you know anything about Southeast kids? As have you read anything? I, I, it's I, another not, thing. Not I did lot, not yeah. go to their website today, and I don't mind. I mean, I'm, I look at them. Maybe we'll bring them up again in a couple of weeks if they keep winning yeah. and see if we can 
Yeah. See who's well, going to roll. I mean, the, the football team's ranked number one in the state. Yeah. Their cross-country teams, one of them's ranked number one, and one's ranked number two. And I they are always good cross at cross-country. Country. Do so, they just yep. make those kids run to school in the morning uh, that, or something? That might be. I'm not sure. That's, but, uh, I mean, it's just it's about five, six miles out in the country, so maybe they just say, yeah, if you're coming to school here, you you run to school. Yep. They, they're impressive. in the. I mean, when they did the uh, – now, nah, this has been a year ago or so – uh, when they do the all county meet, mm-hmm. the southeast kids blew away this line of kids, central yep. and high, south, and um, were impressive. The boys' team yep. in particular was really good. Yep. Yeah. The only other thing I really have on the high school front is is as you know, I've followed the volleyball teams because that's what my daughter plays. And um, right now, um, varsity wise, I'm I'm not sure Central's won yet. Um, they're they're but they're a young team as well. They don't have a lot of seniors. On the flip side of that, South has eight seniors on their varsity, so they're on the opposite side of that spectrum. But uh, had and a, they look pretty good. They had a tough start yeah. to the season, but uh, yeah, two, they've been last couple of weeks now. They've been playing pretty well. Uh, you got to you got to Phil came out and watched uh, this past Tuesday uh, when we were in town, and and varsity beat Mays and then beat Newton, and and they were playing pretty well. So hopefully they can continue that couple shout outs real quick on that one so uh in, in volleyball when you get to a thousand digs yep. or a thousand assists. assists and those kind of things those are those are kind of milestone statistics so south had uh sydney anders just got her a thousandth dig um a couple weeks ago um here in town when she played i think it was at the southeast tournament but she had a thousand and then brooke webb got a thousand assists uh just uh here not too long ago during the pink out game so and then I saw her playing the other night, and she's just adding right to that. Yep. Every time. She's setting them up every time, doing a good job. So, uh, we're playing town Tuesday, so if anybody listens to this before next Tuesday, uh, the South uh, has their only other home match of the season. And why is that you only have two home matches this year, this it, season? It's, it's just – it's that's normal in volleyball, just because when you go play when there's three or four teams, you kind of make the rounds and you and you play everybody in your league twice, but it's just the way it is. It's, you uh, just, but you go other places and play two teams. Yeah. Yeah. one place the difference the difference that really sucks and and you know they've kept it up in football and basketball they start the season with south central in volleyball we haven't been able to do that so the only time that i'm aware of that we play salina central there are opportunities at tournaments if they win to to meet in the bracket after after the pool play but the only time we're scheduled to play salina central is at the very end of the season when we go to junction city Hmm. So that's the only time we have an opportunity to play Salina Central. So, and, and it's going to be in Junction City. It's not going to be in Salina. So that's pretty frustrating with, you know, since Central dropped to the other division that uh, we don't have an opportunity in volleyball to play against each other. And if you've not been to a volleyball um, match, it's a pretty good crowd turnout. Pretty loud, yeah. pretty good. I mean, it's uh, – I, I know volleyball enough from when Harper was uh, young. She played um, – over at the private school, and um, so I followed it and got to learn the rules and everything like that. But I never saw long volleys that lasted more than three times yeah. over the net. So, um, so it's pretty exciting to go watch kids that can really play. And like you said, I think the Newton girls were pretty good, and the South uh, playing against the South girls. It's a fun match to watch. They get after it. Yep. No, it's. Uh... Uh, both varsity and JV lost to Mays earlier in the season when we played there at Mays. So Mays came to South, and 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 both uh, varsity and JV won. So they avenged the losses from earlier in the season. So, 
Well, well let's go on to KU football. We're gonna we're gonna start with KU. <laughs> let's do it. Let's hey, do it. Let's get crazy. With, you start with who's number one in the league. Yep, still number Every one time, in the league. Still number one in the league. And you know what I say about them? If there's anything that they haven't done in the past that they have done this year, and it may come to a screeching halt, they've scored a lot of points. Yes, they're scoring they're, points. They're scoring points. And I would say in the first three games, they probably scored more points than they did in the last ten last year. It's probably darn close. I mean, it would yeah. be, be a pretty good uh, number to run against each other. But, uh, you know. I know they're excited. I would be excited, too, yep. if I had three wins is Enjoy. the most I've had in nine years. Uh, and you're already at three after three. Potentially could go to four this weekend. There's, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd call it or not, but very good chance that there, they'll go to four. The The schedule in the next few weeks sets up very favorably for them with Duke, which KU is favored. And then they're, they have Iowa State and TCU at home. The yeah. next two weeks after that. And then after so, that, they got Oklahoma. They're right. going to Oklahoma 6-0, and competing yep. for the – I think TCU's better than, than everybody's giving them credit for. I think the jury's still out on Iowa State a little bit. I mean, you got to think in, in those games that those teams are probably going to be favored over KU just because of history. But, I mean, they could be going to OU in Texas. Well, we don't want to say Texas because they'd beat Texas. OU and Oklahoma State. But instead, they've got two of the – easier teams in the in the conference coming yeah, home. home so yeah. that's a great great schedule it's a for good them. schedule and they and they and they've vastly improved uh oh yeah um the quarterback's a good quarterback and and they're putting up the points i mean that's it in the big 12 you better put up points or be able to put I, up points or you're going to get blown out I, I saw a tweet this week that they're going to be stress testing the concrete and steel in the stadium this week because uh it's so, the game sold out, and uh, they haven't hasn't had, happened in a long time. <laughs> they haven't had that many people in that stadium for twelve years. So I well, hope the port bodies for hold those up. people who have stuck it out for the last several years. So I, I'll, I'll say this, and and uh, honestly, as long as we beat KU, I want them to be good. I want a healthy rivalry. I mean, we always talk about in basketball, it's the other way where KU beats K State most of the time. Obviously, we've talked about. Uh, Bedlam, which we'll get into a little bit later here, but uh, where they're pretty one-sided. Um, you know, I, the Big 12, especially losing OU in Texas, I said this a couple weeks ago, we need a, we need a good KU. We need the, the conference to yep. be as good as we can possibly get it. So You need Houston to step it up and be better than losing to Texas Tech and KU. So back to back I'll, I'll a, just say this. Enjoy the hell out of it. We'll see if it continues. Yeah. Um, keep in mind that uh, your coach last year decided that Bean was a better quarterback than Daniels, and it did, waited till the very end of the season to swap those two out. So we'll see. I, I'm not. I'm, he's definitely get, made him better. There's no question about that. But you've got West Virginia, who's about to fire Neil Brown at the end of the season if they can afford his buyout. I mean, that's the writing's on the wall it's, there it's a funny thing to me so, that uh, evidently they can afford the buy i'm sure they can yeah. i mean that's just it drives I, me i can't imagine his buyouts, buyouts that, that much they, yeah well i just the, the money that they're throwing around in these conferences now is just, yep. just i mean when seven and a half million dollars doesn't even matter to just let scott for us walk yep. could have waited three weeks then it just tells you that there's ridiculous funds rolling around yep. somewhere but and then you've got houston who at the time, looked like it was a good opponent and a huge, a great win, and it yep. is a good win. I mean, historically, KU would not win that game, so good for them. But you got they're a dumpster fire. I mean, they got guys fist fighting over on the sidelines yep. in the middle of the game. So. I don't know what happened. You know, they the coach at 
that went to Texas, not now, but the, the Sarkeesian's not from Houston, but the prior Texas coach was a Houston guy who had Houston rolling. Right. Uh, what was his name about five years um, ago? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I could see him. Tom Herman. Yep. And he, he had Houston rolling, and at that time you'd think, hey, they are a welcome addition to the Big 12 and it'd be tough, but they've gone the wrong direction for, for certain. Yep. But they're still sitting there in the hotbed of talent in the world. Oh, when yeah. we had Michael Bishop on here just a couple years ago, he was saying, you know, you yeah. don't you know they're going to be out there at Michael yeah. Bishop's high school and yeah. they're going to be they a place be. like that? And they're going to say – because he sat here and told us there's yeah. more talent in Houston than about yep. anywhere in the country. So, I mean – there's no re- they don't even have to leave their house and can recruit great players. Well, hey, speaking of recruiting, real quick, one of the notes I had here. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, did you see the the article that came out? I think it was in the Athletic about how much money Texas Longhorns have been spending on recruiting. Oh, I saw the weekend with Archie Manning. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Unbelievable. they spent six hundred and thirty thousand dollars over two weekends on recruiting. Hey, and the Mannings can afford to buy no, their own dinner, yeah. believe that's, it or not. That's crazy. Uh, Six hundred thirty thousand dollars a week for a weekend. Yeah, this was for two weekends. So this was two but separate. They, they but it was three. It's three over three hundred thousand dollars a weekend yeah. when they bring these guys in. The big group that they brought in that they spent the bulk of it on was yeah. was Archie's correct Arch Manning and and, uh, and two or three other and big they got recruits. a few of them to sign they had eight yep. total I think that weekend and three of them committed so and they'll it's be, gonna pay off but they acted like it was no big deal yeah that's crazy that's why I'm saying the money that's just the money's ridiculous and and to think five years ago you spend that kind of money or do any of those kind of things you'd be in NCAA violations and you'd probably the school would be shut down uh, now all of a sudden it's just a wide open race but that is not good for K-State. No. That's not good for – I mean, just go down the list. If you're not a blue blood that's been around, it, it's just – Yeah. It's going to make college football not as fun. The gap's going to widen. Yeah, yeah it's not going to – I love college football the way it was. I mean, I can't stand like – okay, we were talking about uh, TCU. Don't know where they're at right now. Max Dugan was their starter for the last – since he's a freshman, yeah. I guess. This new guy's got no Dugan's bought. starting for him still. Well, they started Chandler Morris right. won the game, right. but he hurt himself. Right. Um, but here's the thing I'm saying about like this Chandler Morris. He was the one that Lincoln Riley got and got upset about, right. and he transferred out of Oklahoma. So here's Oklahoma's got a starting quarterback at at the start of the season at three different places now right. that were all on the roster South together: Carolina, as, SMU, and TCU. So you think yeah. you spend all the money on these places? Oh, and then we also have one at North Alabama uh, that was a Midwest City kid. I um, can't remember his name right now, but he transferred out last year too as a freshman. He's a, he was a preferred walk-on kid. But anyway, he's and he, he went to – he didn't go to D1. He went to North Alabama. But anyway, he um, – to get to that, you spend all this money on these recruits to come in for a weekend, and it's, it's almost like you got to spend that money again next year because they may all you be leaving. We, them, yeah. We've said this multiple times, but I mean, it's it's not the same. It's never going to be the same. Nope. nope, not with the money we're talking. It's not. So, well, then on move on to your K State. I, I wrote down a note here beside K State when I thought, well, we'll talk a little K State football. I'm sure we will. I just wrote Kevin out beside it because I have not watched a down. I've been out of out of, last weekend. We were out of town. Um. And, of course, I think they played at the same time as OU the week before, so I didn't watch them. Um, 
And so I haven't seen them. I haven't seen them at all. And I've heard I've heard a few upset reports. And then, you know, Clinton, some of them said they left at halftime last week because they were upset at the offense. But it sounds like defense was still pretty good. But Yeah, no, like no questions about the defense. Still the same situation beginning of the season. we got a couple spots that if the wrong people get hurt, that could change quickly. But as of now, defense is playing well, as good a defense as we've had in a long time. Now my blood pressure is starting to rise. <laughs> so, I'm going to start with last week with the Tulane. And and I, w- I will say this. I, I'm i not in the coach's meeting room. I don't know what, what's discussed. We saw Colin Klein's play calling in the bowl game. He I get it. He was trying out for a job. Nothing to lose. Let's go have fun. Let's open it up. You guys got guys like Skylar Thompson that are playing their last game. He was calling plays, and the offense was doing things in that game that we've never tried. Snyder would never do it. Kleinman has never, and Messingham had never done it. It was fun again. Like, it was fun to watch them play. Yeah. So you come into this season, game one, easy win. You're not going to show a lot. I defended them and said, yeah, they're probably just calling vanilla. We played like the four or five same plays the whole time. Missouri maybe had a different game plan, but the rain and the delays and all that kind of changes that a little bit. So, okay, pretty vanilla again. I don't know that I've seen a game that K-State's played since Kleiman's been there that I felt like our our play calling and offense was more incompetent than, than this game. I don't even know how many times it went for it on third and fourth downs. Um couldn't didn't convert on any of them. Why, for the life of me, when you have third or fourth down and half a yard, do you snap it into the shotgun and make it fourth and five? I've seen other teams do that, and I'll always think fourth and inches or third and inches. Why yes. are you shot? Quarterback sneak will work ninety nine point nine percent of the time. In I fact. Agree. K-State lost the game on a fourth and one when Tulane ran the quarterback sneak to get three yards and run the clock out. I thought that was Tulane's ballsiest play oh, of the I, game. I thought as a, I, I could not believe oh, I was just I listening awesome. to it on the radio. I thought it was awesome. And I said, they're going for it? Yes. you got to be on the 20-yard line? The announcers crazy. were arguing for and against it, and I'm like, dude, if I'm coaching Tulane, and it's easy for me to say this not getting paid to do it, but – if I'm coaching Tulane, I got nothing to lose here. My the offense is playing like crap anyway. I could probably stop him, but let's go for it. Like let's go for the win because if we can if we can get this half a yard, yep, game's over. Yep, and it was gutsy of him. He did it, and he did it easy. And pulled the game off. Yep, needed half a yard, got three. Quarterback yep. sneak works almost every single time, even though the other team knows it's coming. Yep. I don't understand why we didn't run it once. <laughs> we did all the time with Skylar Thompson before. Martinez ran it all the time in Nebraska. I don't. I don't understand. Never, we have the Martinez offensive line a big to old do boy. it. We have the offensive line to do right. it. So, um, how big is uh, Martinez? I don't know the answer to that. He's a fairly so, big guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could just yeah. so you could get a half yard. But then you sit there and you go for it for, on fourth down. I don't know how many times, four or five times in the game, and didn't get it. But I then at the end of the like game, you've got a fourth down, downs. and we punt it with two minutes left in the game. I'm like, you literally went for it all of those times. And then now, when we don't even have enough time 
to get the ball back hardly. Then you decide to punt it instead of going for it. Like the other thing that drove me crazy, and I'll get off of this, was first down. Almost every single time we ran Deuce Vaughn straight up the middle. Yeah. If you know that if you, there's no threat of the quarterback throwing the ball downhill, and they know that you're going to run the same play on first down every single time, how easy is that to stop? I mean, that's easy. You're just making it so much easier for the other team. We have to change that Saturday, or Oklahoma is going to beat us by 60 points. Well, they've got to do. Uh, they got to spread Deuce Vaughn out. Like I said, I haven't watched, but he can't be running up the middle. He's too invaluable out on the out in the sides. I mean, yeah, it's just too too valuable. Yeah, but the quarterback's got to got to open the game up a little bit too. Yeah, they they just. I mean, it's. Martinez and and Jimmy and I got into an argument last night at Buffalo Wild Wings about this. Um, Martinez, I thought maybe he's still having some issues with his shoulder, but when you sit back and look at it, each game he has thrown the ball downfield a few times. And when he did it last week against Tulane, for example, it was on the money. Like He had a long pass to uh, uh, Cade Warner in the corner of the end zone. Ball was in the only spot he could have caught it and scored a touchdown on the money. Yeah. There was another one, same deal with Phillips Brooks. Adrian Martinez threw that ball 35, 40 yards downfield and put it in the only spot that receiver was going to be able to catch the ball. And he dropped it. That's not on Martinez. So he can throw the ball downfield. But when you watch that game, there were so many wide open receivers that he didn't even look at or see. His decision-making is is the problem right now, and I think it's a confidence thing. They talked about it all week. Well, there's no, he's just, staying he's at Nebraska a, is not a big confidence builder. <laughs> well, but he threw the ball well at Nebraska. Yeah, his, he did. his knock at Nebraska, and I'm gonna I'll bag on Nebraska fans for a second. His knock all summer from Nebraska fans were not 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 that he couldn't throw the ball, it was that he had a lot of turnovers. And late in the game, he always choked. That was their argument. Now they're saying, oh, we've been saying all along he can't throw the ball. No, that's not what you said. You've changed right. the two now. But with that said, you can tell he's playing to not make mistakes because the turnover is the turnover bug is a is a knock against him. Yeah. And he's trying not to make those mistakes. And that's got to change. He's one of two things is going to happen this weekend. We're going to run the same conservative game plan. We're going to get beat by 60. Or we're going to say, you know what? Let's open it up, and we're going we're going balls out here because that's the only way we we have a chance to stay with Oklahoma. Well, I'll tell you, since you le- le- last word was Oklahoma, and you guys know Brent Venables, I can tell you after three games that it's a different Oklahoma. Yes, there's no question it's a different Oklahoma. Yeah. it's not. It, it is. It's the Oklahoma when Brent Venables left. When they're knocking the snot out of people and four guys tackle every time, and we, you know, we rarely blitz. We we play ten yards off of wide receivers all the time. And now this is during the time of the next couple of defensive coordinators, um, which always drove me crazy because I think isn't Bob Stoops a defensive coordinator? Whatever <laughs> it is, what it is. But Venables was better, yep. Yep. and Venables proved himself at Clemson that he's yep. better. Um, he. Uh, I've seen more big hits, more guys in the backfield, and more open field tackles in three weeks than I saw in the last five years with Lincoln Riley. Because we, we played soft. Everybody right. knows we played right. soft. Give up tons of points. Now, I mean, we've given up thir- three, 13, and 14, and two of the two, the two of the 
two of the uh, three touchdowns were in garbage time. Right. Fourth quarter, nothing left, and you know, and we were up by multiple points, whatever. So when the starters have been in, um, it's a different different look and a different feel. And I can tell you, if you start playing defense like that, and I am not saying we're Georgia defense. I'm not saying we're Alabama's defense. But I will say it's the best defense they've had in a long time. And I feel like had he been there, it's easy to say these things, but had he been there three years ago and four years ago, yep. we might have been back-to-back national champions without question if we play any kind of defense. I mean, we still put – you know, we go overtime with Georgia two years ago in the playoffs – we lose to Alabama like 55 to 48 or something because we can't stop anybody. Um, but we played that soft defense. Right. Um, and they weren't. Georgia was not playing soft against us, and we put up points. Yeah. And neither was Alabama, and we put up points. But we were worse. Yeah, gave up more than you scored. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the one kid, I guess I've already told Kevin this, but if if you – guys out there listening have ever heard of the Canic kid from out at Hayes who's a true freshman his coming out party was last week against Nebraska he was unbelievable and I think and everyone here said that before he ever went he'd already you know he was going to Clemson with right. Sweeney but whenever uh whenever uh Venables got the job at Oklahoma I guess he probably was the one mainly recruiting right, he was the head recruiter sure yeah. Yep. And so he switched his commit to Oklahoma. And I'm going to tell you something, we're very lucky to have him because he could potentially be, you know, I he potentially I could see him being an All-American in, in a couple of years. Um, he is fun to watch. And I saw him in some garbage time the first two games, but he right. actually came in and played legit this past week against Nebraska. And, yep. and when, um, he is something special. When, like we talked about last night, but when he got in the game, you could tell that the other players were excited for him to get that shot. Yep. I mean, you. I mean, that just goes to show those guys know what he can do. Yeah. And they were just waiting for him to get that opportunity get to, to go shine. out there and yeah. do it. And, and uh, he took advantage of it. And that's I think I would say with probably most freshmen on defense, not so much offense because offense you're. I don't know. It's probably different on offense. You can just if you're a skilled guy. You can run on offense. You can catch football on offense. On defense, there's so much you mm-hmm. got to play and, with. It. Well, so, and, and he's linebacker, right? He, a free safety. Really. Oh, he's, he's a more safety. of a Roy. Okay. He's more of a okay. Roy Williams type. He's the size of a undersized linebacker. Runs like a okay. deer. Um, but he's he's he, we call it the Roy Williams position because it's kind of one of those okay. guys that can cover and can. Yeah. He he blitzed a lot. He would come okay. up to the line and because that's the thing. I mean. Venable's defenses are difficult. Like yeah. it's not it's not an easy. easy well, he moves scheme. guys around right. so Correct. much. That's what yep. I saw in, just in the that little bit of time. Here, Kank would be out playing, covering somebody uh, two outs, the first wide receiver out, and the next play he'd be between the linebackers coming up the middle, flying up the middle, and and we didn't do that. Yep. And you know, I I think we I think we have a chance to have a fairly special year. I mean, who knows? You know you. Texas might beat us by four touchdowns, and so might K State. But, but it's it's funner to watch good defenses than sorry defenses. I can tell yep. you that because I've had a lot of years of bad ones. Yep. Well, I think from K State standpoint, we're going. You know, obviously the Tulane loss wasn't expected. Um, we, but it's not the end of the season. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out in the next two weeks what this team's made of. Who you have two weeks from now? Texas Tech. Okay. So should still be a winnable game at, at home. Uh, I think you're back home. 
I think so. I don't know that for sure. Thinking that is because we do some staffing for them. Yeah, there. I think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yes, it is at home. October first, yeah. it is at home. Yes. Um, so we're gonna find out in these two games because I I think you've got to be competitive. You don't have to beat OU, but we've got to be somewhat competitive. We can't lose by sixty. And then you've got to beat Texas Tech. I'm gonna say this: K State fans, listen to me. Don't overreact on this quarterback thing just yet. And this is what Jimmy and I got into an argument about last night. My opinion is, if you want the season, there's still a possibility for the season to play out as we had expected with the talent that we have. In my opinion, though, in order to get to that point, you have a better chance of getting there with Adrian Martinez getting better than you do with bringing in Jake Rubley. I'm not saying down the road, the season's gone. I think I would agree. There's got to be – Martinez is mature, right. older. Yeah. He's going to read defenses. We, he's seen – hey, he's look at the things he's seen in his three-year starter as Army, Nebraska. He's, Army and Navy are averaging more passing yards per game than K-State <laughs> is right now. So, oh. so yeah, no, I agree. And, and I, I think that – I'm not saying that three games down the road, I'm going to say the same thing. But I think right now for the season to end – to get to where you everybody expected it to be, you've got to – Jake Rubley's not going to do it this year for us. It's definitely not going to do it as, as a first start at, at OU. So. Is Jake Rubley a – what age is he? Is he a sophomore? I, I don't know if he's – I don't – with the COVID stuff, I don't – he's either a freshman or a sophomore. I don't know which one he's classified as. Well, this kid so. at TCU, Chandler Morris, who transferred out of Oklahoma, has to be at least a – I think that's Lincoln Riley that argued about. He has to be a red shirt sophomore, uh, maybe. But to to beat out a three year starter is a different thing. Oh, yeah. Of course, I know he got a different coach too. But to, yeah. so that's why I think about Martinez. He's he he wasn't a three year starter at your school, but yeah, he's, he's got to be a yeah. sharp kid. Yeah, no, you, he's he's played against some pretty darn good teams in the Big Ten. So yeah. So here, let me throw this out at you. So, not only is K-State a loser after that Tulane game, but how bad is Missouri well, I, that's, <laughs> to, that's... to get beat that way to K-State? And, and I know there's a lot of things. I, I, I don't care what you say. I don't know what's happened to I'm Missouri. I'm sure K-State – I said all along I was more concerned about Tulane than I was Missouri, yep. but I did not expect him to Go lose. Go back and listen to the so, other podcast. He did say that. <laughs> so, it's uh, – um, I, I didn't realize Missouri's that bad. Right. And you know, in the SEC on that side, um, at at this point, I'd say Arkansas. Now Arkansas's got A and M this weekend, and uh, sneak peek, pick of the week. My pick of the week's Arkansas. Arkansas's a three and a half point dog or two and a half point dog. I think they'll win outright. I I just I've watched Arkansas, and they got a couple of Oklahoma kids as wide receivers that would be helping us a lot right now. That's wide <laughs> receivers for them. And their quarterback's good. Their defense is good. They play the SEC top defense. The their coach is wonderful, and uh, I'm a little bit of an Arkansas fan um, for whatever reason. I've actually been you down to their be stadium until you guys a couple join times. The SEC. Yeah, <laughs> I, they'll they'll be a fun uh, to for me in the future. They'll be a fun place that um, yeah. I, I'm ready to go hang out at. Yep. Uh, well, uh, and uh, to that point, so you just heard Phil's. I don't have mine yet, so we'll put it on the website or on the Facebook page as we have been doing. But Phil studies pick, more than I study. Phil's pick is is Arkansas <laughs> taking the points 
maybe sprinkle a little money on the money line there. So did you know the under looks good on it? Um, if you go to the over under, I can't remember the numbers right now, but it's not. Uh, I don't think it'll be a big point game. Um, but anyway, well, if you take so with our picks of the week. If you had put money on every one of our picks of the week, you would be five and one right now. So we're we're rolling pretty good right now. I'm three and zero. Oh, Phillips two and one. Well, we'd like to have DraftKings as a sponsor, right? So yeah. we can talk about DraftKings. And right now, if you sign up as a new Kansas legal better, two hundred free dollars there through uh, DraftKings. You know that might that actually might Draft be a Kings. good topic. <laughs> If you keep saying DraftKings, yeah. they'll give us Draft money. Kings. Draft it, Kings. That actually might be a good topic for a future podcast is talking about <laughs> sports gambling because yep. while it is technically legally uh, legal in Kansas now, um, I've done it for a while. Can I, I say know, that now? Well, I, hey, here's the funny thing. I have done DraftKings. I don't know how this is possible because one of my friends that's won some money in the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks told me, and I said, yeah, I've got – I put $100 in there a couple of – years ago yeah, and I, I did baseball all the time and uh i won and lost money on it i never i never got a big mop but let me say something about this DraftKings. i want to get anybody addicted to oh, draft kings i don't want to where you have to do the declaimer about gambling anonymous right and do not do this if you can't control your uh internet habits uh but uh one of my friends i want to throw him out there because i don't know if his wife knows this or not <laughs> but he signed up for the 200 dollars, and he was doing these Side bets, like, for instance, in the NFL, you could take Cooper Cup and another wide receiver, and I can't remember who they are, but it's a $10 bet, but the two combined would have two touchdowns, 250 yards. The odds aren't good that that's going to happen, but it did. And he won, like, on a $10 bet, like 270 bucks. And then he did a couple of money line bets, but I didn't realize you could do the funny bets, too, on the side. All the prop bets. And – uh Anyway, in the, in the uh, second week, he's already cashed out once now for four sixty, so he's that far ahead. Yep. I mean, he's four sixty up. Yeah, he'll give it back. Well, they it'll be gone. Do. But that's at least money you can play with the rest of the years if you just yep. don't get carried away. Yep. But so, uh, well, let's, I I haven't done it yet. But let's do have a uh, yeah. Anybody likes uh, that uh, sports betting? <laughs> yep. Now that it's legal, we can really talk about it. Yep. Yep. Let's do that. I'll, I'll make a note of that. So, all right. This isn't our pick of the week, but let's make a prediction on on the K State OU game this weekend. You want to go first? You know, I didn't sit down and think. I always do this, and I always think, well, K State plays us so well every time. But I think coming off the Nebraska win, and we felt really good about ourselves. Our defense felt really good about itself. I can't see that we are going to take a step backwards. I just don't see that. I don't predict or wouldn't predict the kind of way we beat Nebraska, because Nebraska does not – K-State could beat Nebraska like that. They're not very good right now. But I would think that I, I would be comfortable with a two-touchdown win. I think they could be 17-31, something like that. In the thir- I think we'll score in the 30s. We've only not scored in the 30s once in like the last seven years, and we scored 28 in that game. So – I mean, I see us in the 30s, and I can see that Brent Venables' defense. If it played the way it did against Nebraska, and I know, same thing, it's a different talent. But we did play Martinez last year, and we held him to nothing when he was at Nebraska, you know, when we played him at in Norman last year. So we know him. We've seen him. Um, I can't see them putting up more than 30 points. I think we yeah. will score 30. I don't think they will. 
That's so my your, prediction. So, so my prediction that's, that's I'm going to say like fourteen thirty one something 14, like that. Fourteen thirty one, Oklahoma. I'm going to go a little higher scoring than that. I think I'm going forty one thirty. I think uh, Oklahoma is not going to have a problem putting up points. They're going to have some field goals, but I I just don't see K State being able to put together long sustained 75 yard drives time after time again so i think it's going to be close if k-state can get a, a kick return or a pick six or a, a, a turnover deep in ou's terror they're gonna have to have some help to even cover the spread i, I think ou's gonna win i'm going 41 30 ou so k-state keeps it within the spread but ou wins and the spread right now is at um Ten and a half, or uh, it was more than I that. I think it was more than that, like twelve ish. It's been. I all didn't over look place, at it. I so. tried. On, I in the years past, whenever we were doing our little gambling, um, I would, uh, I would bet Oklahoma. You know, on yes, the even on the weeks they don't play. Yeah, and uh, so. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. I quit looking at that, and and uh, anyway, I here I do think that the offense, whenever they get when they get our when our offense gets. Um, the wide receiver Mims involved a lot. They get really good because he opens. He's kind of one of those Hollywood Brown types that can get down the field a long ways. He has people trailing him, so two are going to be there. You know, going with him because they're going to have to take a, a top safety guy go over and help the other guy cover. And it looks like everybody does that. So he's got two on him all the time. If our guy's any kind of accurate, which they say he is, um, somebody's open. Like last week, Stoops ha- gets the ball. All the time, I think, because Mims and and Theo Wees is covered, yep. and so Stoops is running free all the time. Which, they let him yep. let him run free, yep. and uh, he's, you know, you'd think, well, he got the job because he of his daddy or whatever. He's actually a heck of a little football player. Doesn't drop the ball. He's tough. He gets a hell knocked out of him. He, and he's the one that runs across the middle and gets the hell knocked <laughs> out of him. And I think last week they had like two or three sweeps where he came all the way around and ran the sweeps and. And we did some trick things. Levy, as an offensive coordinator, has done some – already done a few fun little things, little gimmicks in it, has the tight end throwing the football for a touchdown and does just doing some things that uh, – it's, it's nothing different. I just don't feel like you've missed Lincoln Riley on offense that much. I, I would agree. I, I mean, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I knew he was a good offensive coordinator, but they, they've done well so far. So, we'll you know, we'll get into conference play and see. But right. – uh, um, and they it's going to get tougher for everybody, right, right? So, well, I'm going to I'm going to call OU out here for a second. I'm interested in your take on this. So, uh, what what started this was I saw an interview that they did with Gundy. So, if if you don't know, this week it was basically it came out that Bedlam is no more. Yeah. Once OU goes to the SEC, they Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are no longer going to play now. I would guess at some point down the road that's going to change, just like the KU-Missouri thing when, when Missouri left for the SEC. Everybody's a little butthurt at the beginning and go their separate ways. Eventually you come back together because you know it's going to make money and it's going to be good for business. But I thought it was interesting that after this came out that basically OU's athletic department was blaming Oklahoma State mm-hmm. for – Bedlam can not continuing because OU wanted to continue it and Oklahoma State said, "No, we're not going to continue playing this." Why would you not if you've played 119 times? 
why wouldn't Oklahoma want to keep it going? Yeah. You've played 119 times, and they've only beat us 19 times. In the whole history of the whole thing, 116, yeah. I think, something like that. But, but why wouldn't you? But if you're on the flip side, if you're Oklahoma State and now you're in a league that you feel like you potentially could win and be potentially in the playoffs, you know, if, especially if they expand the playoffs to eight teams and things like that, Oklahoma State should be one of those teams that's feeling pretty good about themselves that, hey, I could fill that gap. But what if you go get hammered by Oklahoma on a non-conference game that they go, ah, same old yeah. Oklahoma State. I mean, I just wouldn't do it if I was Oklahoma State. Well, but I think it goes deeper. And then to me, this is – I thought it was a bit ironic that OU was the one blaming Oklahoma State for ending Bedlam. Because while Oklahoma State was the one that said we're not going to continue this – the entire reason we're having this conversation is because oh you left the big oh you left yeah so they're, they're, with they're the any decision there's going it. to be consequences and yeah. that's a consequence unfortunately I didn't for see where you schools. were going with with that so. yeah we we ended bedlam the day we decided to right. go to the SEC right. so I just thought I mean and I'm not saying there's there isn't blame on both sides but at the end of the day. I thought it was a little ironic that OU's athletic department was blaming Oklahoma State when the whole reason <laughs> we're having the conversation is because OU left the Big 12. Uh, so I, You know what? I get it now. But I, I still go back to that. What advantage to either one of them is there in the future? Yeah. Oklahoma could, I mean, Oklahoma's going to be loaded with a tough SEC schedule. Why take the best team in the Big 12? Because you're only going to have so many open spots. You know, as these leagues get bigger and you got more league games – there's going to be only so many open spots that you can play, and you still want to play a North Dakota State or somebody right. to get a warm-up game in. Yep. Uh, you know, look at what Alabama starts with Texas. Um, you don't want to start number one. No. I mean, it's just – No, that's – Everybody yeah. wants to start, especially the big guys. Get started and let's get a feel of our team. Yep. So, well, we only have a few minutes left on the podcast, and there's something I want to bring up. We're going to skip a few things we were going to talk about, maybe save those for, for uh, the next podcast. But there's something that's a little bit time-sensitive that I want to talk about, and I kind of sprung this on Philip right before we got on here. He doesn't really know anything about what I'm going to talk about. but even Which is you, not anything new. Even so. if you don't like <laughs> local politics or don't follow local politics – if you want some entertainment, I urge you to go watch our city commission meetings on YouTube. So they record them. They put them on a YouTube channel. You can watch them. They have the the breakdown of everything they talk about. So you can just skip to this part if that's all you want to watch. At the end of the meetings, they have something that's called the Citizens Forum. And if you're a citizen of the city of Salina... You stand up, you introduce yourself, you say your name, and you're, I think at one point they were supposed to say their address. I don't think they do that anymore. Yeah. And then you have three minutes to speak about anything you want to speak about. Understand that the commissioners are not required or even asked to engage, so this is not a back-and-forth scenario most of the time. You just say your piece. Hopefully it's, it's open mic night, in other hopefully words. Hopefully it's intelligent. Yeah. Hopefully it's something that needs to be said and they take that and and do some digging into it if it's a, if it's a issue that needs to be addressed. So I'm assuming you're going that it's not It is not. <laughs> it is not. So uh. this I I've sent Jimmy some links to this every once in a while cuz we talk about this at Ambucks. I won't mention who um that's involved in the city. Um I have these conversations with, but I have 
conversations on a regular basis with somebody who's involved in these meetings um, from a from a, a, a city of Salina standpoint. These things are pure entertainment. So this past Monday, when they opened it up, so there's a guy. You remember when we used to have the horse and buggy down in front of Martinelli's? Yeah. Um, so there's a guy that uh, used to run that horse and buggy. Well, there's a problem with the fact that he never cleaned up the horse poop. It was all over the strip. So people started downtown started complaining about all the horse poop all over the place. And so the city <laughs> watch Salina, out, the Clydesdales are coming. Well, that's where I'm going. <laughs> okay, this. sorry. So uh, so the city of Salina decided to have a process in order to operate a horse and carriage like that. That you have to be licensed. There's certain certain things you have to agree to. Yeah. Okay. So he quit doing it. Well, and now there's a whole deal. So he, you have to watch it to understand. But now this, so they asked if his horses could wear diapers. I guess they have such a thing as a horse diaper, so it won't go on the street. In New York City, there's a thing that it drops down to. It so, drops, the poop drops down into a little right, basket on right, your butt. Right, kind of hangs yeah. down, yeah. So um, anyway, so now, so he's, every once in a while, he comes on there and complains about the process. He's tried to talk to people at the city. They won't help him out. Um, but yeah, so the, the city of Salina just gave a, a special event permit to the Clydesdales who are going to be in town next week. Right. So he got up there and went off again because he doesn't understand the difference between a special event parade that's going to happen once every 10 years <laughs> and operating a business and doing it five days a week down there and what the differences are. So it, that was pretty funny. He, he, there was some back and forth on that one. Um, He's basically saying running a horse and carriage for business is the same thing as a parade, which any sane person would would know that's not the case. <laughs> so here's where it gets interesting, though. After he gets done, so there's a gentleman named Norman that every week, every single week, gets up and, and says three minutes. Usually it's about a water shortage. Sometimes he goes off the rails. So this week, he came up right after the horse guy. And he says that we're driving people and companies out of Salina because of this ordinance with the horse. So he didn't plan on speaking about this that day. He just thought he'd bring it Follow up. Follow it up. Follow so it up he gets it. up there. Then he starts talking about the Amish people in South Hutchinson coming into town. And that Hutchinson did something similar. And so the Amish people got pissed off and quit coming to South Hutchinson. How in the hell is that even in the same ballpark as what we're talking about here? I mean, it's, but, and that's all he talked about. So he went up there that day. He knew he was going to go up and speak. We had no idea what he was going to speak about. He just wants so to he speak decided on, week, yeah, okay. on this one. So I'll have to start watching that. You can you follow it on where you get, find it. I, at? I'll send a link to the channel. I'll put it on the Facebook page. So then he starts talking about, after he gets done with the horse thing, he starts talking about how we need to stop population growth in Salina. Need to stop it. So he just complained that the city's running people out of the city because of a horse and carriage ordinance. Yeah. But then goes on and argues about how we need to stop. We're overpopulated. Like, well, which one is it? Do you want people to be here or do you not? So oh um, the best part of him, though, is when he says something he thinks very smart, and he stops and he stares down the commissioners, like looks him right in the eye with his dramatic <laughs> pause and stares at him. So then the oh, last I've got to watch it. Yeah, the last guy, so this other guy named Dalton comes up every week as well, and he's always got something to say. And this guy is hilarious because he tr does say he tries to, this dramatic pause to make sure that it, it's getting sinking in. Yeah. Um, 
He's the same way. He, I don't think he ever knows what he's going to talk about when he goes up there. He just goes up there and just starts Just open going. mic and I'm in there. So this week it was about stray dogs. Yeah. So apparently after the storm, we had some stray dogs running Have around you seen on the any? north side of Salina. Uh, I don't, I don't, I try not to go up to the north side, but. Well, maybe, maybe on the north side. I never see dogs out. Um. So it had, yeah, he started with that and about animal control, not coming out to pick him up in the evenings or something like that. Then he starts complaining about the flooding. So we did have a lot of rain. So he starts complaining about the flooding and how we need to fix all the drainage in the city and all this stuff. But then right after he gets done complaining about the flooding, he understands that when you get four inches of rain in a, in a short period of time, that there's probably going to be flooding. So you just said you understand why it's flooding <laughs> and that no drainage is going to fix that. But then you complain about the drainage. Like, I mean, this guy knows everything about everything. He needs to run for city commission because this guy has a – knows every single problem we have and he knows how to fix it so um and then the very last guy this week gets up remember there. that po- remember that point you just made what's that follow up with it in a minute oh okay and then the last guy gets up there and blasts the commission <laughs> about an ordinance in regards to public drinking and intoxication downtown and why it's so bad but then he states that he hasn't read the actual ordinance in the very next <laughs> breath. That's what he says. You're like, what are you talking about? He goes off about his landlord and his building, like in the homelessness in Salina. Like the city commission is going to be able to do something about people not, you know, not want to work. We won't get into that. But I mean, it's it's pure entertainment if you ever have a chance. So do go to our Facebook page and follow that link, and then you can also, if you'll go to our Facebook page, you'll find a. Uh, interesting article that i put on there today yeah. that was there that. was a uh, semi truck crash down in oklahoma city downtown oklahoma city that was loaded with sex toys and lubricants Lubric. and it turned over and covered the entire interstate where the, the traffic all had to be stopped and everything else while they brought people out to clean up this uh mess this mess i guess you'd say it but but Sky Nine flies over in their helicopter, and they're zooming down to see what's going on. And one of the ladies inside asks Robin Marsh or whoever she was asks Jim, "What kind of uh, can what tell can you what tell what's is? been spilled all over the highway?" And Sky Nine goes silent That's because silent. he does not want to answer. The it is hilarious. Yep. You'll have to pick that up. It's on our. Uh, it's on the Kevin and Phil Project Facebook page, and that's where we put our picks. And I've said before. You want to make a pick? Get on there and throw it out there. See if you can. See if you can do better than do us. better than five us. and one's pretty tough to beat. Let's keep yeah. it rolling this week. We've got uh, we've got Pujols. We talked about a couple weeks ago. Still two homers away from seven hundred. But Judge has now tied Babe Ruth for the second most ever in a Yankee, second most ever in the American League, and only the third guy to ever hit sixty in the American League homers. And uh, so. Since y'all know I love the Yankees, I'm going to go on up there on Sunday night, uh, Sunday night baseball against the Red Sox, and watch uh, watch Judge play. Got in right field, right behind him. If the ball comes to me, if he hits a homer and the ball comes to me, you know all these guys say, "Oh, I'd give it back to him." He's not getting it back. Oh, he'll get it back. That's a golden ticket right no, there. He'll get it back. He'll get it back, but somebody's going to yeah. be paying. It's not going to happen immediately. I had, some I had read that this. I read that this sixty, and this is on. Uh, Boomer and Geo this morning. Some kids gave it back for a signed bat, four or five signed baseballs, maybe a jersey, things like that. College kids. Geo rips them and says, "Kids." Yeah. I mean that at auction that thing's a hundred and fifty thousand right. dollar baseball. Yeah. 
That's the 60. 61 they're projecting could be anywhere from half of a million to a million dollars immediately. Uh, someone will give you go to auction two or three years from now or whatever. It, it could be, yeah. uh, you know, it could be a. So but it's a million dollar so baseball. So you're saying you're not going to trade it for a bat and a jersey? There's no way. <laughs> if I was to be lucky enough to catch that sucker, it's uh, the whoever the highest bidder gets it. No question. I, I saw an interesting te- or tweet this week. I did not realize this um, that the Royals drafted Hunter Dozier ahead of. Your boy Aaron Judge, and then that's in something. that same draft. Oh, oh the, the rules have made but a lot Dayton's of mistakes, gone. but they moved on finally yeah, from Dayton Dayton's Moore. Gone, so and you we'll know see. what? You you look at his, you look at what Dayton Moore did, and he brings you two World Series yep. uh, uh, appearances, a World Series win, and uh, and since fifteen they haven't had a winning season after that. Fifteen on, but I mean seven years ago, it, it maybe it is time for a change. The change is only going to a guy that was. Well, already there working that's, for him. And that's so a, that's you, the thing. This is this is Bruce Weber at K State all over again. Yeah. He did we two World Series as you mentioned, winning one of them. The only GM at a small market baseball team to win the World Series in the last thirty years. So it's definitely an accomplishment. Yeah. And you can't take that away from him because he did build that team. The challenge is is your highs are high, but your lows are so low. Yep. Like if you could just be average. Well, we talk about the talent the rules have had. And uh, with Bobby Witt Jr., he, I mean, he's one of the dynamic players in baseball. But there's two dynamic players out in California in a big market, Otani and Mike Trout, who could be two of the better players in all of baseball. And I think Trout's the best player in baseball. They haven't had a winning season since right. the year they played the uh, right. rules to go to the World Series, yeah. the only playoff appearance they ever made. So that's all the way back to 14. So they're eight years of losing seasons. So having one great player like Bobby Witt Jr. Right. doesn't do anything, do anything for you. Yep. You've got to yep. you've got to put together yep. a whole team. And the difference, I mean, for fortunately for California, that they've been able to hold on to those guys at least to this point. I mean, Trout's been there for a long time, obviously. And the well, Royals he's up to four hundred million dollar contract. He's right. not going yeah, nobody's, anywhere. Yeah. So unfortunately, the Royals, when they get that player, they just trade them off. And, yeah. So and that's where you look in a few years and you go, you know. We we can love Wit today, but Wit might not be there in three years. Yeah. You just don't know. Yep. But right. I, but I don't like I don't like. I wish that they would have went out and did a big search and not just went okay next guy up. Oh, I didn't the realize job. they hired somebody already. Yeah, they gave it to his. Oh, gave it I to didn't his know assistant that. or okay. something like that. Now read that. it and make sure that I'm correct on that. But I that's what I thought I read okay. today was a guy under him got the job as now the new general okay. manager. Well, that. Kind of ruin my day. Well, that's, that's, that's that. I wasn't very happy when I read that either. So, so anyway, this one got out of control. We went a little long today. So oh, sorry. No, you're all good. So, <laughs> any any parting words before we take off? No, I hope y'all, all of y'all, pray that I bring back the golden baseball. Do it. Bring back the golden yeah, baseball. Well, if you see me diving over people on Sunday night baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project Podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.